0: Yeah! Hello and welcome once again to Austin Danger Podcast, your number one source for all Austin Power's love, friendship, uh, compassion, film analysis,
1: and occasionally
0: (laughs) occasionally news. Uh, We're Kev and Mackenzie as always. Hi, Mackenzie.
1: Hi, I'm Mackenzie, as always. That's my last name.
0: We got a big show tonight, Austin Power's The Spy Who Shagged Me.
1: I got chills. I'm so excited. It's a big night. It's a big night. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. We're going to jump right in
0: with, of course, whoop-de-news, Basil. What does it
1: all mean?
0: Whoop-de-news. What does it all mean, Basil? The first story is the lovely co-host of Austin Danger Podcast, Mackenzie, was on B- Pod.
1: Oh! <laughs> You said this news was jam packed. I didn't realize it'd be about me.
0: This is a jam packed segment already.
1: <laughs> I was on Dune Pod talking a bit of Bound, nineteen ninety six, my fave movie, Wachowski's, and we talked a bit about Austin Powers and about Austin Danger Pot.
0: Hell yeah, it's a great show. H and Jason over there are um, some of our guiding lights for they this are
1: show. An inspiration. <laughs> I told them. I told them to their face. They're an inspiration. So. If you enjoy this show
0: and also enjoy uh, most, I mean, they've branched out, but it's mostly been genre movies from like the 70s to the 90s it's um, great. and Dune. They are an awesome show and definitely yes. worth checking out, especially this week's episode. It should just have gone up like the night before this.
1: I think so. Yeah. And I was also on their Mulholland Drive episode a while back, too. So that's right. Love the Dune pod. My,
0: uh, my phone lines are open, boys.
1: Get Kev on. What would I even talk about on Dune Pod? <laughs> I think well, we H- gotta pick a movie that connects to Dune, right?
0: H posted H posted a list of what they're doing this century, and it's like 50 movies long, and I'm like, I don't know if I have anything to say about this. <laughs> but uh anyway, 50 yeah. So movies. So Mackenzie's on the Mahal Drive episode and on the bound episode. And if you listen Ooh. close during the voicemail segment, who knows who you <gasps> hear?
1: Who knows that beautiful audio quality in that voicemail here. segment?
0: All right, so there's that. Uh, before we talk about any other story, I wanted to talk about the last real serious attempt to revive the Austin Powers IP. Now, this is this is not new news. It's something we've talked about off air, but it is oh. the the yes. um, once rumored Austin Powers musical. I can't believe. So, the details on this are pretty scarce, to be honest. It seems like somebody told somebody something, and then somebody misunderstood that and reported it in the Guardian.
1: you know that's how news happens.
0: but basically it was supposed to be like Mike Myers either heavily involved in writing the book the dialogue and story uh, Casey Nicholaw who's this extremely famous and popular musical theater musical comedy director to direct and a jukebox musical score from the songs of Burt Bacharach and Elvis Costello which seems bad to me Um, yeah
1: I mean the thing is if you're gonna do a jukebox I think like a Burt Bacharach song makes sense because it's um, it's so present in Austin. But I feel like I would more so want to do like, sixties rock. You know, like The Who and Steppenwolf and like the other songs that are more featured. Like I feel like the time period, lends itself to more of that sixties classic rock vibe than Elvis Costello. Not
0: the not the bitter angry mid seventies new wave of early Elvis Costello. <laughs> no, God's comic doesn't apply to Elvis uh, to uh, Austin Powers. <laughs> huh. uh, I absolutely believe that the project was real. Warner Theatrical has tried pretty much anything. Um, their most recent projects were the Beetlejuice musical, which mm. got such a fan base online. The reviews were it like did. lukewarm. I went in previews; it's fun. Um, but the but the fan base is so huge. They're actually reopening on Broadway in the spring. So oh, that's, that's so cool. fun! I
1: didn't realize that.
0: But after the posting about this in like 2011, 2012, no news but <laughs> I, had to, I had to bring something directly related to whoopty news basil or else it wouldn't be whoopty news
1: it wouldn't be whoopty news uh well thank you i'm glad you brought that um a couple other
0: stories here i know we got a lot of analysis on spy me coming up so i just want to get through these uh, there's a hungarian political ad comparing <laughs> basically saying that one candidate is mini me to a previous prime minister's dr evil Um, Okay, here's the issue. I have not untied the political implications of this. So I don't know whether the ad is correct or not. Like this is recent. This is like last week. I spent an hour, not an hour, but like, I spent a lot of time looking at like Hungarian politics on Wikipedia (laughs) trying to untangle, like if this (laughs) guy is evil or not, or if they're saying he's evil. But the ad is quite funny. And I'll share it with you uh, some other time. That's wild. There's that. Finally, the prop cryogenic freezing chamber from International Man of (gasps) Mystery is on sale on eBay for like $6,500. Who
1: has been mowing us? Who is mowing us? Now, it doesn't have the
0: Austin Powers nameplate, and it has this like acrylic figure in it that is definitely not the shape Mike Myers took uh, when he stood in there. But it, it makes me feel good to know that it was him standing there in the in the tank.
1: That is so wild. How come it doesn't have the Austin Powers nameplate? How do we know, a know separate, it's real? Uh,
0: separate prop that was taken from set.
1: Oh, I want that prop.
0: That is Austin news. As you can tell, I had the uh, had to stretch like a contortionist at the circus <laughs> to to, <laughs> to find some news.
1: We're only on episode
0: two. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if I, I mean, I could list every list online that's ever mentioned Austin Powers. Nah, it's okay. (laughs) Um, But I didn't think so. All right, so, now for our feature presentation tonight, Austin Powers in The Spy Who Shagged Me.
1: Have you prepared a synopsis?
0: It's my turn to do the synopsis. You know, I've never done a formal synopsis on a podcast before. This is groundbreaking. My nerves are racked. I'm here for you. <laughs> All right, here goes nothing. Let's go. Austin Powers is back, baby. Yeah. After learning that his wife Vanessa was a fembot all along, Austin is called upon once again by the Ministry of Defense to stop Dr. Evil and save the world. Dr. Evil's plan? Go back in time to 1969 and steal Austin Powers' mojo. The strange pink chemical that makes Austin Powers the sex symbol, the myth, the legend that he is. Then hold the world ransom with a laser mounted on the moon that he calls the Death Star or the Alan Parsons Project, depending on when you ask. Austin climbs behind the wheel of a psychedelic new Volkswagen Beetle and follows his nemesis back in time. Along the way, Austin meets old foes like the accident-prone Mustafa and new enemies like the surreal Scottish Fat Bastard and Dr. Evil's one-eighth-scale clone Mini-Me, all while falling in love with Felicity Shagwell, a beautiful spy who shows Austin that it's not some weird goo that makes you who you are. It's what's in your mind and your heart that counts. Among other things, baby. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that was so good. And that's the movie. We're done. Oh, we're d- Pack it up. That's the episode. Are you kidding me? Pack it up. Your first formal synopsis and it rocked my body. That was so good. It's hard to do with this one because the
0: story, we'll talk about it, but the way that the story is organized in the movie yeah. is very, there's a lot going on. I think you got it. You captured it. I'm going to blush. all right shall we so uh obviously in the weeks to come after the trilogy we will be giving more of a bullet point based review yes but we are continuing our walkthrough of the austin powers trilogy in detail
1: yeah we got to detail them out and then these other movies they're not as important as austin powers so
0: that's right you know
1: we'll just give our favorite moments but these we got to get in and i gotta say i want to sink my teeth into this song this opening song is so good.
0: That's right. So There Might Be Giants, my favorite band. There's some familiar really? there. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they were hired to do this was during a period where they were just doing songs for hire. This was That's the year so they wrote Boss of Me, the Malcolm in the Middle theme song. <gasps> what? And they also That's did the song. Uh, they also did the Jon Stewart theme song in this period. Whoa, oh, whoa. Well they didn't they didn't write it, they performed it was it's a cover, but it's them doing it. Yeah. Uh, so the song is called Dr. Evil, and it's a traditional kind of gold goldfingery song uh, just about how Dr. Evil is evil.
1: It's so good. I wish it was longer. It's such a good song. I'm, like, obsessed with it. And uh, I always thought this was Mindy Sterling until you told me that it was uh, the it, the person's wife, right? Yeah, it's Robin Goldwasser, who's the wife of John
0: Flansberg, who plays guitar. For the Army Giants. Wild. There's some fun trivia.
1: It's it's great. It's great. It has that Shirley Bassey vibe that is just peak James Bond. It's excellent. We
0: hear the song as we open in on outer space. Now, this movie came out weeks after a little movie. It's an indie. It's one to of me. these Oscar bait films called Star Wars Episode One: <laughs> The Phantom Menace. You ever hear of it? The initial trailer for this movie was... It, it, like a spoof, it made you think it was Star Wars and then it zooms in on the moon and it's Dr. Evil in his base and then the tagline was if you see one movie this summer make it Star Wars The Phantom Menace if you see two movies this summer make it
1: Austin Powers The Spy Who Shagged Me I love that <laughs> they knew they were going up against Star Wars <laughs> they were like we're not even going to pretend that we are a better movie than Star Wars but is it a better I think. not oh, I think Spy Who Me might be better than than the first Star Wars Fourth, I guess, technically.
0: 90% of our audience, close your ears right now.
1: I mean, <laughs> duh, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's a time and a place for everything. Please keep in mind, Carrie Fisher was an uncredited script doctor on the orig- on the prequel trilogy of Star Wars. So there's a time and a place for everything.
1: We will probably eventually, because of Carrie, all of the Star Wars connects. We probably will eventually go through all the Star Wars movies. And
0: I will spoil right now and say that Austin Powers' A Spy Who Shagged Me is better than... Uh, let's see. One, two, three, eight, nine. That's five. Six of them.
1: Whoa. (laughs) We are all of our listeners gone. All of our listeners just unsubscribed. Anyway. Goodbye,
0: everybody. So we get the recap scroll. The astronauts are repairing the satellite and up comes what but the Bob's big boy.
1: We zoom in on Austin and Vanessa post-coitus. How did I watch this as a kid? That's my big hey, note no, from no. this. Yes, I was a fucking satch with this movie when I was, like, nine. <laughs> the Austin like, literally. Sutra. literally.
0: And it's his face on the art.
1: I love that it's his own, like, brand of Akama Sutra. So it's, like, what is it? The sh- like, he, he has, like, names for his sex positions he's mated. Uh, that's very funny to me. At
0: the end of the, uh, he goes, machine gun jubbly. First of all, Vanessa's a fembot the whole time. And everyone knew but Austin, apparently. <laughs> Which we'll get into. He,
1: well. I mean, I, th- I think I'd mentioned last episode, I have a conspiracy theory. I do think to make this make sense in my brain, which I don't think this movie is asking us to make sense of it. I wonder if she got switched out when she escapes to go get back up. You know what I mean? In the first movie, like that's the first time we really don't see Vanessa with anybody. So I'm always curious, maybe she got caught on her way out and then she was replaced with a fembot. That's my conspiracy theory about Vanessa. If you
0: apply that logic to this movie, your head will explode austin we'll get we'll get there but austin lands the bug on a five-story apartment and then the yeah. next scene he's driving on the street
1: yes but you know what does make sense one of my favorite quotes in the entire series i'm just gonna go watch a movie hey in like flint that's my favorite movie not to be wildly contradictory of myself, but I do think that actually, this might be that might be the quote I say all the time. Because whenever I say I want to go watch a movie, I always say, In Like Flint, that's my favorite movie.
0: Oh, that's great. We should, <laughs> In Like Flint, coming soon.
1: We gotta watch In Like Flint. What else do
0: I have for this scene? In Like Flint is the favorite movie. He plays with the remote and he realizes that he can
1: control Vanessa. That is and... <laughs> so f- it's click. Oh my gosh, is this where click came from? Is this the, where the idea for the movie came from? Adam Sandler, existed? come on,
0: Austin Danger Pod.
1: We're waiting. We're waiting, King. But um <laughs> But like
0: also leave it to Doctor Evil to make the stupidest possible robot. Like, no wonder mean? no wonder Austin, first of all, if if the the robot is built so that it's on the same frequency as a TV remote in a hotel, come on. Oh crazy. <laughs> yeah. The IMDb trivia says that Elizabeth Hurley was too busy doing. This is real. The movies are like it's like Ed TV and my favorite Martian.
1: What the hell? So are she couldn't are those come
0: movies? in. He wanted her to be in the whole. Mike Myers wanted her to be in the whole movie, but she's like, I can't. I'm too busy doing my favorite Martian. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which I'm gonna go win an Oscar for my favorite Martian. I can't do it.
0: Yeah, she didn't. I I saw the movie in theater. She did not.
1: I think it's on uh, our list.
0: It is. It links. Well, she's in it, so. we're we're doing that and ed tv so stay tuned (laughs) but she didn't win the oscar for either i can tell you right now so so he was like at least show up for a couple days and do this scene so that we can write you out of the story and continue the story because as you know from the rest of the movie the story is so intricate and detailed and they were really thinking about it yeah so uh, uh there's that great line he takes off her face you're a fembot. No shit, Sherlock.
1: <laughs>
0: Perhaps next time you should try
1: foreplay.
0: Really?
1: I love him, his face there where he's like, nah, you're right.
0: Like that, <laughs> like that being the face he makes. The last big thing I love in this scene is the Austin holding the Swedish made penis in larger pump.
1: It made a return. As
0: if it's going to do anything this time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was a good call back to the pump. I and something that totally lives rent-free in my head is his little monologue here, his little I can't believe Vanessa, my bride,
2: my one true love. The woman who taught me the beauty of monogamy was a fembot all along. Wait a tick. That means I'm single again! Oh, behave, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, baby, yeah!
1: Ugh, it's
0: great. And then how do you feel about this opening? I mean, another musical number opening, Sol Bossa Nova.
1: I love that they've continued it. I love that. I think the first one's better, but I think the best is yet to come.
0: Yeah, I'll I. Say. I think that when they blow it out later, it is the best.
1: The third is the the biggest and the best, um, but this is still fun. You know what I mean? Like it's they kind of also reusing the, you know, items that look like genitalia covering the genitalia bit. So they're kind of mishing, the mishing, mashing the bits up a bit, um, which is fine. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was fun. I like that he just shows up to a seder that's happening in this hotel. I guess because uh, the rabbis are there. Uh, I always love seeing Jewish stuff in movies. That makes me happy. But yeah, how do you feel about this one?
0: I mean, you know, it's the opening sequence to Austin Powers 2. You know what I mean? So I'm always going <laughs> to love it. Right? Ah, yes. Like, duh. I do think it is a bit of a retread, which you're going to hear a lot from me this this episode. A retread. It's not a lot as new. I liked when the butt cheeks were hams.
1: That was good. I, liked I liked like the little fake baby.
0: Yeah, I was just going to bring <laughs> up the fake baby. Yes.
1: The baby is funny.
0: And then when the rabbi essentially performs a bris on Austin via the meat...
1: Is Austin Jewish? Is this the implication?
0: We'll never know, baby.
1: We'll never know. Is Mike Myers Jewish? No. That might be a dumb I question. So. Well, I don't think so.
0: Knows. But uh, the finale, the synchronized swimming finale, which has Olympic gold medalists choreographing and appearing in it, is what? incredible. And then the That's amazing. the trick the trick, backward shot to get Austin dry coming out of the water is just the best.
1: Yeah, it's good. The, the ending is good. It gets more epic, and then it ends, and so that's why I'm excited for the third.
0: It's just the best. So that is the opening sequence. We move on now to the return of Michael McDonald.
1: He's back. He got squished, and now he's back.
0: <laughs> this time, he's someone in the NATO facility who, like so many of us, I'm guilty of it. I don't know if you're guilty of it. Can't Oops. help but watch Jerry Springer.
1: Gotta watch Jerry Springer. My mom was very into uh jerry springer and steve wilkos uh both of them who was a uh, bodyguard on jerry springer who then went on and had his own television program uh yeah a lot of, a lot of these shows uh maury you know what i mean like all those types of shows were on constant rotation in my house
0: we were we were well my mother of course would never allow any of it but when i would stay home with my dad we were maury people
1: oh yeah jerry well, I was mean, too who doesn't much. love maury you are the father
0: my favorite this is so awful i don't know why i'm saying this but don't edit it out my favorite (laughs) mori episodes are the episodes where they would bring an exposure therapist on and then they would bring people in who were allergic or deathly afraid of stuff and then they would flip out once they were exposed to the stuff
1: it's wild one
0: time it was my phobia is balloons what and so they brought like a handful of balloons out and then the person this is how you know the reason that i think they're so funny is because they're also like i don't believe them for a second (laughs) because this person saw the balloons and they hoofed it ran immediately into the green room at a speed that you would never run at if you knew where something was in my opinion
1: that is so funny
0: what's in the green room balloons it's a room full of balloons it's so many balloons (laughs) and they're just stuck there. They're just paralyzed there until more can watch catch this. up. I'll link, I'll send it to you. It is Oh my lord. It is so awful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we come back to Jerry Springer and I'm having a realization in this movie that I find Dr. Evil a lot funnier in this movie than I did in the other and it's his bits are so solid and him on Jerry Springer. Is just so good. Like yeah. it, I, this is such a funny bit for me.
0: It's the thing that is mentioned in the International Man of Mystery commentary, and I didn't get to listen to the, the Spy of Shagme commentary. I'll I'll go back and check that out, and I'll report back next week. But it's the thing that Jay Roach mentions that like Mike Myers gets in some kind of lucid state when he becomes Doctor Evil, and it's all about that super tight timing, and it's especially evident later on. But even in this
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> even in this scene.
1: I just love the way it looks when he hurls his little body across the stage at that guy to tackle him. Like I could watch that as a gif rotating uh forever. It's so funny to me.
0: He's there to surprise his son Scott Evil.
1: Mhm. Your uh, favorite dramatic performance of the year, I presume.
0: Yeah, 1999. Let's see who won. Let's see who won <laughs> best supporting actor. <laughs>
1: We got to know. Is it Robin Williams again?
0: Oh, a little somebody, or should I say a little nobody, named Michael Kane for the Cider House Rules. <laughs> future episode of Austin Danger Pod.
1: <laughs> yeah, future Austin Powers star Michael That's Caine. Right. This also was a scene that made me realize, and you mentioned it a bit, how like what people know of Austin is this movie, kind of, because I feel like that Dr. Evil... Um, you know, you're the margarine of evil, the Diet Coke of evil is like very quoted, very just, quotable.
0: Just one calorie, not evil enough.
1: <laughs> yeah, like it's all, it's just, this This movie is like, if the first movie was very quotable, this is like through the roof quotable as a movie.
0: We have our first groovy transition, which is like a real like budget increase over yeah. last movie. <laughs> he's got like a whole bunch of dancers and he's in a red background. yeah. Austin is driving in what we're supposed to believe is the English countryside when he gets a call from Basil, who says that he knew Vanessa was a fembot the whole time.
1: Makes no sense. <laughs> makes no sense at all.
0: Austin has a photo shoot scheduled with a model who worked for Dr. Evil.
1: Hmm. Now,
0: Rebecca Romaine cameos, but who gives a shit about her? Because the star of the scene is Ivana Humpalot, played by Christian Johnson. Christian
1: Johnson. I love her. I mean, I think she is so funny. Can I also tell you... You remember like a week or two back where I smoked a little weed and I watched Austin Powers, this Spy Who Shagged Me, and I told you Austin was handsome? Yes. This is the scene where I was like, he's handsome. And you know what? I'm sober and I watched it today and I stand by it. I think he looks really handsome in this scene. He has a charm, you know. I love his pants. His little body looks good. Like that
0: shirt and pant situation looks very good on him. I want to know before we leave, Kristen Johnson, I'm a big Third Rock from the Sun fan
1: yes and she's also in the flintstone sequel so oh it it's links. gotta be on our list <laughs> <It> <laughs> that links, was that maybe. was during
0: the period where uh, i learned how to be disappointed which we'll talk about when we get
1: there <laughs> Viva Rock vegas baby
0: i like that we see some of austin's photography bit that didn't yes. make it to the main movie last time but was in the credits yes. and now we get to see it for real
2: Okay, everyone. Let's get started. Yes, beautiful. Feeling it. Let's get some smiles. It's all in here. That's it. Yes. Let's let the inside out. Okay, you're an animal. Yes, there we go. You're a tiger. You're Tony the tiger. You're great. Very good. Loving it. Now you're a lemma. Running as a pack. Yes, yes, we go left. We go right. Yes, yes, yes. There's a predator out of the jungle. What's going on? Oh, 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 oh. Burrow! Burrow! That's right, your are a lemon. That's all you've got. You don't have sharp teeth capable of biting. Make an interconnected series of tunnels like the Viet Cong. And look, 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 look. I'm not even shooting you. It's crazy.
0: And I'm spent.
1: It's just so good. <laughs> These are other quotes. I, oh, God, I'm upset. I just think this scene is so funny. It's so good. More on
0: that later, but first, we go to Seattle, Dr. Evil's new layer in the Space Needle, Starbucks Branded. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, who is miraculously alive, but has a telltale burn scar on the side of his face, showing that it wasn't a fluke with Mustafa, It's just a poorly designed pit. Um, <laughs> he explains that they have invested in or bought a small Seattle-based coffee company and once again tries to convince Dr. Evil that the way to actual world domination is through investment in companies like Starbucks.
1: Capitalism!
0: Dr. Evil gets some whipped cream on his face, and Number 2 keeps trying to sell him, but it's a non-starter.
1: And we see Frau Farbissa return with her lover,
0: Unibrow. I love I love that Number 2 is screamed at when he points out the whipped cream, but then <laughs> Frau like, very carefully tries to be like, You got
1: He's like, I know. It's because what they have is deep. It's what they have is special. Is Frau my favorite character in this series? She might be. She's <laughs> I amazing. I so much. I am,
0: I've <laughs> really come to appreciate, coming to these movies as an adult, I've really grown to appreciate the improv in the scenes with Dr. And Evil so and everybody. she's
1: so funny. Because
0: it is, you know, you're right. It is so fluid and natural. Austin Powers as a character by design is forced and loud. But Doctor mm-hmm. Evil allows for all these little mundane things that are, like, yes, I mean, it's the that's, point of the series, but mm-hmm. hilarious.
1: It's a good. De- that's a good descriptor of
0: them. Now we cut to Scott, who has again has black hair, and then we get the first debut of a he new legendary character.
1: Legendary. Send in the cloud <laughs>
0: The amazing reveal of Mini-Me.
1: Mini-Me is great. I mean, Mini-Me is... He is... The cultural iconography of Mini-Me cannot be denied. He is such a huge piece of the culture that is Austin Powers. So now that Mini-Me is sitting at the chair and he's like... He goes to
0: chew on the cat and it's like, No, we don't gnaw on our kitty. (laughs) Great line. Dr. Evil reveals the plan. He's going to go back in time. He's going to steal Austin Powers' mojo. He's going to be rendered powerless. Of course, Scott... Not convinced. Dr. Evil asks, why does Austin Powers defeat me? He says, because you don't kill him when you get the chance.
1: He has what the French call a certain, I don't know what. I love that <laughs> line.
0: one of my favorite lines. Doc- Mini-Me dives for Scott and Dr. Evil has to hold him back and Mini-Me gives Scott the finger, which is just, something about Mini-Me giving the finger is just the best. Yes. I love Robert Wagner saying, mojo.
1: And then Rob Lowe goes, Mojo. Mojo. And it's so weird. We've stolen Austin Powers' Mojo. You said something to me via text about Mojo that, do you remember what you were talking about? Oh. Because we were talking about how hilarious it is that Mojo is a literal physical essence in the bloodstream, much like... Is it Mitochlorians? Is that what it is from Star Wars? Oh my
0: God, yes. I don't remember- Do you remember I, saying I remember this to me? I don't remember talking about it, but it basically is the same idea in a movie <laughs> released only two weeks after Mitochlorians ruined Star Wars.
1: <laughs> it's crazy. But I just wanted to bring that up because you said that to me via text and it blew my mind That I th- and I thought it was funny.
0: <laughs> well, think about it too. Like, when the mojo breaks later and little male symbols fly out, like...
1: Yeah, it's like, it, it, is, it is a supernatural thing. Like, it is not uh, of this world that they have put into this world now. It is very wild. Anyway, just to wrap up, let's see. I mean, this Zip It bit, I think that is the most I've heard quoted by other people in the world. All right, Zip It. You, don't, you can't even... Zip It.
2: Zip. Look, all Ladies I'm... and gentlemen of the jury, exhibit A. Number two, would you please back Look, me up? Look, I'm zippy long stockings. Ugh, I can't... When a problem comes along, you must zip it. Zip it good. Frau, would you... Subtitle, zip it. I'm just trying to... Zip! Would you like to have the suckle of my zipple? I want zip. you... Stop! Is... Oh. You know... It's... You're
0: like a child. Ziple. Talking... If you just... One time. Uh, A couple of really good lines from this. If you've got a time machine, why don't you just go back in time and kill him while he's on the crapper? Again, Scott just not understanding that this is a game.
1: It's a game, baby.
0: Oh, the end of the scene is they travel back to 1969. They come out. There's a healthy and youthful Rob Lowe, which Dr. Evil yeah. notes right away. Uh, Frau <laughs> looks exactly the same, which is hilarious.
1: It's hilarious. It's a great bit. It's hilarious.
0: And uh, just like he asked... In the fax, I guess, or something that he sent back in time, he has a giant volcano base. And the CG on the
1: volcano base didn't look too terrible. I have a question about Austin Powers. Because as we go into this next scene, he uses a clapper <laughs> to turn the fireplace on. And she says, like, where did you get the clapper? And he says he got it. Like, in 1964 on shore leave, was Austin Powers in the Navy? <laughs> I have to assume, right? I think this is my favorite scene, weirdly. Like, just out of what makes me laugh the most, this fucking scene. Yeah, I just think it is so funny. I love the pawns being boobs. Like, it's just so funny to me. And it's low-hanging fruit, and I laugh my ass off every time.
0: I like when he chokes on the pawn and spits it out and it knocks (laughs) over a vase. And, you know, I did note here... Way better chest hair. The You can't see the glue anymore.
1: Yeah, looks pretty good. He looks
0: hairier. I was going to note it later, but I'll note it here as we're talking about Austin's chest hair. The Spy Who Shag Me was nominated for an Oscar for Best Makeup. And, that blows you know, my mind. 20-something years later. It, it is incredible how well the practical effects have aged and just how clever they are. The trilogy has prestige.
1: It does. We're, so when you're watching Austin Powers, you're watching prestige film.
0: I do want to note before we leave this scene that I love that we get to see, just like we got to see a little bit in the Fembot scene in Austin 1, we get to see Austin Powers be Austin Powers for a little
1: oh, bit. Oh, yeah. No more games. Dr. Evil sent me here to kill you, but but I find you so sexy and yeah. just make love. Now, Austin Powers. hurry.
2: Oh, you are hairy like animal. Good, baby. Very good. Make love to me,
0: monkey man.
2: <laughs>
0: now we are back at Dr. Evil's base. Roblo number two. He's talking about stealing Austin's mojo. Why
1: does he say it like that?
0: He's like, I'm not sure if we're going to break into the Ministry of Defense. But Dr. Evil has already got a man in the Ministry of Defense. Inexplicably, he's playing a bagpipe and we see him from his feet first a slow pan up these they put these these ankles on Mike Myers for this character that are like mount rushmore was carved in softer material than these these legs <laughs> uh it's fat bastard he's in a full kilt and the whole thing and he's playing a bagpipe for some reason
1: aka the spiritual predecessor to shrek i That's would say right.
0: So, the HBO Max image, I wanted to write about this. This is the first time I'm seeing this movie on a big screen in HD ever. Mm -hmm. So, I never noticed the drool.
1: It's bad. It's nasty. It's It's so nasty.
0: (laughs) It's amazing. He's sitting there, he's going, I ate a baby. It's the other white meat. And he's just and like just drooling.
1: Niagara Falls out of his lips. It is it is <laughs> gross. It is nasty. Uh,
0: I love it. I, I think there's some. So this is where I noted that the makeup had been nominated for an Oscar because it's yeah. just so well made.
1: The nose, too. I think it's so interesting how the noses are what differentiate these characters so much. Because like Dr. Evil's nose versus austin's right versus fat bastards like they the nose is what really transforms i think the face for me um and so it was just cool yeah i was like looking at the makeup a lot because i was like whoa holy shit they got yeah, I never nominated thought of that. i never thought of that yeah it's when i was a kid i forgot if i said this last episode i didn't know that mike myers was all of these characters i thought they were all just when i was little i just thought they were all different people like i t- truly did not know they were the same person when i was a kid and
0: that is mind-blowing to me. That is, This is big. This is huge.
1: It's movie magic, baby.
0: Movie magic. So he plays the bagpipe. The smoke comes out. It wipes everyone out. And he goes and he, with a syringe drill, he cuts in through to Austin. And meanwhile, in 1999...
2: I've lost my mojo!
0: Uh, and it's here also that Basil unveils the whole plan. Again... Beggaring belief, did they have this all ready to go?
1: <laughs> yeah, truly, they have this VW Beetle to go back in time with, and I and I do love the direct address of Basil when Austin tries to sort of figure out the, what the timelines will do and what will cross into one another. And Basil's just like, you shouldn't worry too much about it. And neither should you at us, the audience. I, I think it's just very funny because it's just like, please don't think about this movie too much. Just turn your brain off and have a good time. Please don't start a podcast about Austin Powers. <laughs> that, was, that was the ask. They were like, good God, someone better not in 23 years start a podcast about this dumb shit.
0: Uh, here's a question. So the tell Volkswagen me. Beetle, I did some research about this because as, I a kid, this about you. as a kid, it felt like they happened at the same time, but it's two parallel timelines where the Volkswagen reintroduced the Beetle and it became a huge hit while this 60s retro vibe was happening thanks to stuff like Austin Powers. Very mm-hmm. weird.
1: That's so wild. Wild. Can I tell you? The part that makes my mom laugh the hardest in these movies is Austin trying to start this car <laughs> and running everything over in his wake. I love like
0: putting it in reverse by accident, and then the scientists like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" I like how the MOD scientists are the opposite of Doctor Evil's henchmen. Like they won't get, they won't just get in the way. <laughs>
1: The per- I'm always, every time I watch this, so worried about the person that's, like, on the hood. Do you know what I'm talking about? They, like, press their hands on the hood, and then when Austin goes to reverse but is actually in drive and goes forward, and then this person has to, like, move with the car, every time I watch it, I'm like, this person's going to get run over. <laughs> I get so nervous for them every time.
0: Oh, so good. All right, so now Austin travels back in time. And he ends up in his pad.
1: And this moment is an important moment in the history of cinema. Heather Graham. That's right. And this first scene is so hot. It hurts me. It hurts my heart. She's so beautiful. I I believe we have a voicemail about this near the end, but I believe she was formative for a lot of people's uh, puberties, including my own. (laughs) And I think she is uh very very cute and i love her outfit i love everything about her in this scene before we really get into her we got to meet robin swallows
0: what is it baby spits a swallows grown
1: <laughs> <laughs> i
0: love robin swallows i think she's
1: I dude, she is the best effing character she um she's in my big fat Creek wedding she's cousin nikki no okay. oh that's right yeah so my big fat Quick wedding connects, which is a movie I love. Uh, she's so funny in this. I'm obsessed with her lines later as they're you know battling. Um, but before they battle, we do get Heather Graham coming down to American Woman, which is the moment. Chef's kiss, the moment. I also, it's just it's just fun, you know. She's trying to seduce him away from Robin Swallows, and. I think basically, eventually the girls come down, help Felicity get him away, and then she sort of sneaks in his ear, your friend works for Dr. Evil, before she slinks off to presumably go get the Shaguar, or her version of the Shaguar. And this sequence is so funny to me, (laughs) this sequence of this battle with Robin Swallows, her companion, I guess. Is he supposed to be Patty? He kind of looks like Patty. He kind of looks like Patty. I
0: didn't take him that way. I took him as like some other assassin. Yeah. Patty wasn't working for Dr. Evil until 1997.
1: Oh, you're Because right. he was surprised
0: you're... about the Lucky Charms.
1: Yes, that's the continuity. But is... we <laughs> super fans. We're plugged in.
0: It is funny that Dr. Evil, uh, he hires the, the same kind of assassin every time, though.
1: <laughs> He's like, yeah, I got to hire a guy with a black beret and a leather jacket. That's my type.
0: Um, we get an all-time trailer line here. Austin says he puts the
1: scar and swing a baby. Yeah.
0: Which was in every Austin Powers thing ever. Unavoidable. Mm-hmm. It's on all the toys. I, I bet it's on a trading card. I bet it is a trading card. Probably. Um,
1: it's a great line. Can I also say, why won't you die is one I also love. And I say a lot. And this is a moment I said, this is the fifth time I've written, I say this all the time. Is 5% of my vocabulary just Austin Powers (laughs) quotes? Because I think that's what I'm getting at now as I watch these movies. I feel that. Why won't you die is one I do a lot. (laughs) Why won't you die? Like, It's always applicable. I don't know why it is, but it always is. It's just crazy. All of her line deliveries in this scene are fully burned in my brain. Like, f- like the, the you so no! God! the fall will kill us both no! 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 powers. Like, it's just every time, every line of hers is seared into my freaking skull. Like, I hear it when I sleep. I hear it when I close my eyes. Uh, she, I just love her. It's just such a small moment. And she is so iconic to me. It's so good. It's great. Austin
0: and Felicity drive through the countryside, which looks an awful lot like Southern California.
1: And we see Mustafa has returned.
0: It's it's not as strong as the first one, and it is the same bit. So yeah, yeah, there it is. Um, Will Ferrell here. I thought that the brown face, I thought it was less
1: extreme. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think I wrote, <laughs> they didn't darken his skin as much, and then he got out of the car, and I was like, okay, it's still a little, <laughs> like, the the it's still a little in the daylight. Not great. Back at Dr. Evil's lair, I think my second
0: favorite thing about Dr. Evil and Mini-Me is the bike they have. This little bike where Mini-Me honks <sighs> the horn. He's it's got so his good. own little set of handlebars. That's <laughs> good. We see there's an earthquake in the base, but it's not from the volcano. It's from Fat Bastard.
1: And you know what else we see? We see that Mike Myers forgot to put his blue contacts in because this is one of many important scenes where Dr. Evil has brown eyes and it is like super noticeable to me. Wait, it's the whole time? Yeah. I was literally like, surely it's just a shot, but it's this whole scene all the way through the sex scene. He has brown eyes. That's crazy. How could they not notice that? Maybe they did and they were like, it's too late. We're not doing this again. Before we get to the sex
0: scene, I do want to note a couple things about Fat Bastard. He's, Please. I find his best stuff is the weird emotional vulnerability. Hey, <laughs> I, I also just want to say uh, I I am also a fat bastard, and fat bastard is funny. I'm sorry, <laughs> but fat bastard is absolutely hilarious, and he is a fat bastard.
1: I do think the baby back part. I mean, that's culturally, that's it. That's iconic. That's the moment. Do you think that Chili's baby back ribs, like? Purchasing went up like tenfold when this movie came out. Maybe. That's possible. Was it like Heineken? Get your hand off my Heine oh, Baby. Yeah. They had a literal sponsorship with Heineken, I think.
0: There is a lot of product placement in this movie, actually. Mm-hmm. Fat Bastard goes to Dr. Evil and he says, You can keep he can keep the mojo and keep the money, but he wants the baby.
1: Many me's gotta fight for his life there.
0: And then we have a legendary scene.
1: Ledge. Ledge. Doctor Evil takes a sip of that mojo, and him and Frau get horny. They get horny. <laughs> this, everything about this, his nipples, her hair. Yo, thank you for
0: calling out the nipples. I thought I was crazy. They're they're just, like ow.
1: pepperonis. They're giant hard pepperonis. They're so fucking huge. They're, they're a White t-shirt. They're hideous and they're so funny. And her hair being like really frizzy and long in this little nightie and this very sensual bed in the middle of the lair that they have now. Can we talk about how the desk
0: goes away and reveals a bed in the middle of his main atrium? And she's
1: like on it when it rises from the ground. It's so good, and the quotes in this, I love the way he says, Don't worry, mama, things won't get weird. (laughs) It's just so
0: funny. I don't know how, again, I don't know how I'd ever noticed it as a kid, but when he pours the St. Vitus out for his homies before having sex.
1: It's like on the bed. (laughs) It's so funny. This scene is so fucking funny.
0: Oh, so good. So here's where things, for me, start to get a little hinky in the pacing of the movie. Mm. We're back with Austin and Felicity. That dark deed is done. <laughs> Austin goes to see himself at the site of his freezing. And he goes in there and he starts to do a, he does some more photo shoot stuff and he calls himself a sexy bitch, which I stole <laughs> for a while. And then we get the date to I'm a Believer with the fashion show and the Royal Guard.
1: The fits in this scene. Incredible. Austin's fit is so good. The crochet dress that Heather Graham was wearing. Are you kidding? There is. No one should look good in that. Like no one should look good in this crocheted mostly see-through mini dress and yet she looks amazing. I don't understand it. That's true. Hey,
0: no wonder that royal guard looked back at Austin after he got a little kiss. <laughs> it's so good. It's a This is
1: a cute... I love this. I think this is a cute montage.
0: And then out of nowhere, who's playing at the cafe? Uh, five, or, uh, About eight or nine years before his debut album, Mr. Elvis Costello and Mr. Burt Bacharach and they play I'll Never Fall in Love Again. Elvis takes the vocals. It's just lovely.
2: Would you get a dance? That's love you. What you get
1: for all your it's so good, and this dance that they do, where like she she like clears her thigh for him to sit on. I just think that move is so funny.
0: It's a lovely scene. Um, and I, you know, this is the beginning of my love of Elvis Costello that would later, um, it wouldn't be for a few years until I found him totally separately. But now it all I makes love sense. That.
1: Ooh, I love that for you.
0: Now it all makes sense. All right. Now we're here at the big Frau, the greatest line of all time. He said that things wouldn't get weird, but Dr. Evil lied because they're there at the coffee machine. He's telling her, try the Hot Pockets. They're breathtaking. <laughs>
1: This is like the second time they reference a hot pockets too, right? Because there's another part with Minnie Me where he's like, "Do you want anything? Not even a hot pocket?" Or is that later? Like they talk about hot pockets it might be a later. lot
0: again. Heineken, hot pockets, uh, baby back ribs. What's going on here? What's happening? Anyway, Frau tells Doctor Evil, "Here's your Kev Frau drop of the episode." I'm late.
1: <laughs> How many is it? The next day. Is it the literal next day? That's where I'm confused. Because how is she already pregnant after they had (laughs) sex eight hours ago?
0: I think that maybe there was like a time lapse there of like a a
1: few weeks, maybe. I hope so. That'd be so confusing. (laughs) Or maybe it's even funnier if just the very next day she's like, (laughs) I'm late.
0: (laughs) So wild. Uh, But then who shows up just in time? It's a two-time Academy Award winner, Seth Green. <laughs> um, <laughs> here he is. He's Star there. To, Scott has an interesting... If there's a character that has an arc through the three films, it's Scotty. It is him. Oh, right? absolutely. Because here we are, and he's trying... Now he's trying to work things out. But Dr. Evil says he had his chance. I've already had someone created in my image.
1: That was a funny line. And now the massage. Oh, I love this. Uh, Austin is... Developing photos of himself and sees the evidence of how his mojo was stolen. Yeah, Felicity is in this incredible velvet dress that I—it just breaks my brain when I see her in it. Oh my god, it's so good, (laughs) and not to mention my my partner eight hundred times. But she now, after seeing this movie, uh, frequently makes me do the Austin. (laughs) <laughs> like reaction uh like a lot. She makes me do that now because that is absolutely me. Uh and I love the way he says sensual massage. So he goes to give the massage
0: but gets like psyched out, right? Basil tells Felicity to plant a tracker on Fat Bastard by any means necessary and we have the split.
1: I have a question. Yeah. That I know is useless because Basil told us not to think about it. Doesn't she know the reason why they're on this mission is because his mojo was stolen? Why does she think she's on this mission?
0: Maybe he's hiding the insecurity he feels from having lost the mojo.
1: Maybe, Maybe, you
0: know, well, the whole thing at the end, right, is Felicity is like, well, you didn't need the mojo. You're who you are the whole time. It doesn't matter. So she would see right through that if they had an adult conversation about it.
1: Yeah, that's true. I just was like, what? Like, doesn't she know? Who knows? All I know is that we do get the best Madonna song in the world.
0: Yeah, we finally get some Beautiful Stranger. You know, we could do a whole hour on the Beautiful Stranger video, and the moment that was. That's Um,
1: episode three.
0: I, (laughs) I. only saw that video once on MTV once, and I remembered it my whole life. Not because of any attraction to Madonna, although used to be Yowza so is the note She lore. looks
1: great. I mean, this is a great... I mean, Ray of Light era is great, because she was, like, glowing, because she was about to give birth to the Lourdes, or had just given birth to the Lourdes. That's right. Uh, great, you know, great album, great era for Madonna.
0: But there's this great scene where... So Basil asks Felicity to plant the tracking device on Fat Bastard by any means necessary. And Austin, in this amazing blue trench coat, it's an orange shirt, a nice green neck thing, confronts himself as an icicle. And then we get the, you know, the reversal of the A Lotta vagina scene from Austin 1. Yes. Where the greatest makeup and costuming I've seen in a movie in years, where we get the greased up nude Fat Bastard.
1: The like meat laying on his titty is so much for me, like just tied up in his chest hair, just the sinew of a turkey leg, just drifting over those curls. It's just so much. Like think for me about to how handle. awful
0: that prosthetic has to smell with no chicken oh. on it.
1: Yeah, the amount of sweat he probably sweat in into that prosthetic is crazy. You know,
0: and he's already sweaty and there's fake sweat on him and the drool and his is covered in these like fake pimples and sores and all this stuff that again oh, God. the last time I watched this movie was um in one P resolution on like a ten inch TV. That's hilarious. <laughs> it was like seeing a totally different, much grosser movie. Um it's wild. I call it a rude awakening. And a miracle in special (laughs) effects in my notes. So here's where the editing is weird for me. Because we could see the Dr. Evil plan after the I'm late conversation.
1: We don't really need to
0: come back to it.
1: Yeah, I think they just
0: didn't know where to put it. Also, this movie was produced so quickly. Yeah. The first one came out the summer of 97. And then this just manifested in two years. And it wasn't greenlit right away or so I think. Maybe that's why Basil tells us not to think about it too much.
1: <laughs> Truly, they're like, don't do it, don't do it. Because Dr. <laughs> Dr. Evil is telling his plan he's going to put a laser on the moon that will destroy Washington, D.C.
0: Um, we get a reprise of the, the shish joke specifically mm-hmm. when yes. when Scott makes fun of him for calling it the Death Star and later the Alan Parsons project. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, Scott, there's a great. This is my favorite thing, probably in the whole movie. Number Whoa. two coming up to Doctor Evil and and saying, you know, whatever, and and Doctor Evil taking the globe out of the base and hitting it against Number Two's head until he starts to cry.
2: I don't like that insolent tone. I
0: uh, I meant nothing by it.
2: No, 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 no. You want to run things here? No, not it? at all. Huh? Huh? You want to be daddy? Is that it? Oh, number
0: two,
2: you want to wear the daddy pants? Huh? You're gonna cry. Well, no, You're gonna think cry. So. Oh. Huh? Huh? You gonna cry? You're gonna cry? You're gonna... Huh? What are you huh? You're gonna squirt some? you gonna cry? Gonna... Huh? Huh? <laughs> yeah, see you're gonna cry, huh? You're a big man now, huh? Yeah. Thought so.
0: Austin somehow gets the beetle out of his apartment, and Austin and Felicity <laughs> reconcile. You're fab, yes. you're switched on, you're a bit of all right. But he's lost his mojo, so he doesn't feel confident.
1: But Before she can tell him what happened between her and Fat Bastard, they have, he's being tracked. He's at Paddington Station, so they head down to Paddington, and instead of finding (laughs) Fat Bastard, they find some shit. They find poop. They find (laughs) doo-doo.
0: Austin screaming. Austin overreacting to the foul smell. (laughs) It's super funny. It's amazing, and then it makes the next scene totally irrelevant. It makes it make no sense, because shouldn't he have smelled
1: it again? Well, he says this coffee smells like shit, and he goes, "Cause that is shit, Austin."
0: Fat bastard ate a vegetable that's only grown on one specific island. What do you do? What does it all mean, Basil? Yeah, there, there's, there it is. And Austin's on his way. We have the extortion scene number two. Means to talk to Doctor Evil because Minnie Me has been gnawing on his right hand, which is disgusting. It's covered in bandages. Yes. And then Dr. Evil uses footage from the movie. Okay, this is a great scene because we have the clash, the inverse clash of Dr. Evil now not understanding 1969.
2: Show me the money.
0: Show you what money?
2: Show me the money. Show me the money. You had me at hello, tear. Nothing? It's 1969. Jerry Maguire won't even come out for another 30 years. Nobody knows what you're talking about. Now, Doctor Evil, talk to the hand, cause the face don't want to hear it anymore. What hand? Talk to your hand. You ain't all that in a bag of potato chips.
0: What are you talking about?
2: Don't go there, girlfriend. Mm-hmm.
1: Whose girlfriend?
0: He plays the White House destruction from Future Austin danger podcast episode Independence Day. And that <laughs> I've works. never seen that movie. Me neither.
1: Then Austin and Felicity arrive in their white bathing suits. I love equality. I love feminism. <laughs> I love Austin in this bathing suit.
0: The Bond girl reveal of Austin Powers just to it's disarm so you, like good. as if the Heather Graham in the bikini wasn't enough. You're like, Ugh, but then you're snapped right back in.
1: <laughs> I love it so much. And then, oh, and then we kind of immediately cut back to an iconic performance.
0: Here's where things get. Uh, I use the word hinky, and here's where things <laughs> get hinky because we go back and forth from Austin and Felicity sneaking around into like we could have just had two long scenes here. Yes, but because um, we
1: get the, just a small "What if God was one of us?" cover from Doctor Evil and Minnie Me with Minnie Me's I love, little piano. Yes, yeah, the little piano, and number two being like that was amazing, Doctor Evil. <laughs>
0: like the way he says it is so funny. It's also interesting because those songs haven't been written yet. So that's number two's legitimate reaction to hearing What If God Was One of Us for the first time.
1: I can't believe that Dr. Evil is going to go back in time to like 1930 and uh, play out the film yesterday, but with himself.
0: I wish. That's, <laughs> that's Austin, Austin 4. That's Austin 4. <laughs> we cracked it. We we cracked we're saying
1: it. we're same. We're we're freaking galaxy branding right now, Because uh, you're right. Yeah, it's like immediately we cut back to I think a pretty iconic bit of Austin and Felicity set up in their camp, and the gag is just that Austin's leaned over looking at the map, and from what the shadows looks like as Doctor Evil's henchmen sneak up on them, it looks like Felicity is just pulling a multitude of things out of his butthole. <laughs> And it makes me laugh. I won't lie. It makes me giggle.
0: More Heineken product placement because there's a bottle opener in there. She cracks a bottle yes. open on his butt. There is it's the great. the classic Web 1.0 joke of a gerbil being pulled out of his ass.
1: But eventually, the the henchmen have enough and they arrest the the duo. And then we come back to hit
2: it.
0: This is a very sensitive
2: subject. the moment i heard say i had a clone. i knew that i'd be cuz i'd never be a gnome.
0: just stunning stuff i love Mini-Me dancing when dr evil is rapping in the foreground and yes and and you're doing it now on the zoom but Mini-Me is doing his little dance it's, <laughs> it's just so good i was i was like cracking up it's classic
1: Oh, I love it. I, I, when I was younger, would just, I had this memorized and I would sing it all the time. I thought it was so funny. It was, it's just, it's a great, it's a great thing. And obviously I will put it underneath this part of the podcast because it's just too good. You got to hear it.
0: It's incredible. It's It's just, and then, oh, mini me with a you win.
1: Yes. I love that. Once again, Dr. Evil will kidnap Austin and his lady friend and will always put them in a sexy little outfit that they can wear big improvement this time the budget skyrocketed yeah there's like some 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 pleating and some some stitching on these costumes
0: they're going to he's going to put austin and felicity in a cell with one inept guard scott calls him out again and he says you forget we're in a
1: volcano we're surrounded by liquid hot magma and also we should note that it's kind of austin finds out here that felicity slept with fat bastard and it's It's Puck on the Kettle Black because he did the same thing with a lot of vagina, as you mentioned. And then now he's upset that Felicity's doing it too. I will say later in the
0: cell, they do have the conversation as the floor is opening for no reason. Yes. And she is right that that is exactly what Austin would do because we know what Austin would do because by any means necessary, he got the photos of the Project Vulcan.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so I like that it's not too, too much of a, of a a wrench in them. But I did think in that moment, I was like, dude, you did the same thing. They get in
0: the rocket, there's a great joke where Frau spends too long counting and they take too you know, they don't take long enough to get into the rocket. (laughs) And then we get the legendary, the, the montage that brings us like 5 million of our favorite movies the people spotting Dr. Evil's phallic rocket. What is it, son? I don't know, sir, but it looks like a giant dick. Yeah? Take a look out of starboard. Oh my god,
2: it looks like a huge- Pecker! Oh, yeah. Wait, that's not a woodpecker, it looks like someone's- Privates! We have reports of an unidentified flying object! It is a long, smooth shaft, complete with two balls!
1: What is that? That looks just like an enormous... Wang! Pay attention. I was distracted by that enormous flying... Willie! Yeah. What's that?
0: Well, it looks like a giant. Johnson! Yes, sir? Get on the horn to British intelligence and let them know about... Austin and Felicity have the fight. He clears the gap and they cross over. Austin has a convoluted plan about escaping, but Felicity just flashes the guard and the guard just walks right into the pit. Because Dr. Evil's henchmen are just so stupid.
1: And also, we get a great line in that scene, which is Ouch, baby. Very, Very ouch. ouch.
0: Legendary. Which is line. my
1: favorite gif, I think, to use. <laughs> Dr. Evil and Minnie are on the moon, and they're preparing the
0: Alan Parsons project. There are two teams working on the moon Moon Unit Alpha and Moon Unit Zappa. Another joke. Um, <laughs> Frau is on the moon. How is Frau on the moon? Basil told me not to worry about it, but I'm worrying about it.
1: <laughs> when I tell you I did not notice that? <laughs> I did not notice that one fucking bit. I cannot believe that my eagle eyes did not capture <laughs> that glaring continuity error. Um holy, maybe she took her own rocket. She's there to shout. She's oh, pregnant. God. She shouldn't be She's, getting on a rocket. She shouldn't be getting on a rocket. She shouldn't be going to the moon. She's pregnant. We do get this amazing bit with a chair. We, we we sort of see him messing with the chair throughout the movie, but this bit, I think it's so funny because you could tell there was someone controlling that chair and just fucking with Mike Myers and letting him improv. And it's, it's I love when he's like, "I need a young priest and an old priest." Like it's he just, tries
0: to exercise it, the chair.
1: It's it's funny. He spits. There's more spit. He like fully almost pukes on the ground. Uh, it's really funny. I love. Um-
0: what else happens here? The height of Minnie mes chair bugs out and it launches him into the rafters where he's hanging. And, and Dr. Evil has that great line, can someone put a bell, a freaking bell on him or something? <laughs> um, he calls the president back and the president is getting desperate because the laser, the laser is in place. Uh, and then Austin and Felicity dock on the moon base and we get, oh, oh, the most beautiful moment, the second or third best fight of 1999 in film. Austin Powers (laughs) versus Mini-Me.
1: Mini-Me. It's a good fight. This is like the fight of the movie, kind of. There's like not another huge fight scene outside of this one, really, right? And there are two rounds,
0: too. Oh, yeah. This is the fight.
1: And then Austin skyrockets Mini-Me into the chasm of space. So Mini-Me's out there floating in space, and
0: (laughs) he goes into Dr. Evil's main chamber, and Felicity is behind this uh, clearly, evidently weak pane of glass. Doctor Evil says you have, you have a choice: save Felicity or save the Earth. He chooses to save the world. He judo chops the guy before he can hit the one button that launches the the rocket. I feel like that was weak, <laughs> and the rocket misses the Earth. But Felicity, of course, uh, there's toxic gas in the chamber, and she dies. Rip. There's that great. There's that great encounter where Austin and Dr. Evil fight as he's trying to escape. He shoots him in the leg.
1: More Star Wars. Know this. Austin.
2: I am your father. Really? No, not really. I can't back that up.
1: And But he does give him advice. He tells him how to save Felicity's life. He's like, hey, if you leave me alone, you can go take that time machine, save your girl. And Austin does so.
0: Austin hits on himself. And then we have the destruction of the mojo. He throws the mojo and it's like 2001, a space odyssey, potential future episode. Uh, it flies into the air. Never the, seen it. the two Austins collide. We'll get there. The two Austins collide and they can't catch the violin; it's destroyed. And midichlorians in the shape of male symbols fly <laughs> into the air and they <laughs> evaporate.
1: Oh, it's great. And Dr. Evil hits self-destruct and everyone is making a run for it. And I like this moment, as you mentioned with Felicity, where she's like, hey, you don't need this physical thing. You have your mojo all along. You save the world. You're going to get the girl.
0: Um, There's a great line here. Felicity wants to go to the 90s, but she also wants to see what happens in the 70s and 80s. Austin goes, I've looked into it. There's a gas shortage and a flock of seagulls. That's about it.
1: We go back to 1999. They're together. They're happy. And knock, knock. There's a fat bastard at the door with a delivery of death. He's here to kill them. Did he time travel? He had to have, right? He had he to. He doesn't have. exist in both timelines.
0: Yeah, Fat Bastard how do I say this? Fat Bastard doesn't live another 30 years. <laughs> I have to He's be honest.
1: Undying. Uh yeah, no, he had to have time traveled. And we get this once again, um wild monologue from this character when she insults him and he kind of goes into this psyche of himself. Uh the I eat because I'm unhappy. I'm unhappy because I eat. It's
0: a vicious cycle.
1: Uh, very strange, but it gets to the heart of Fat Bastard. I can't quite tell if it's an act or if it's true or if it's a little bit of both, but he gets into it.
0: Stay tuned for Austin Powers' gold member. We'll find out.
1: (laughs) I truly don't remember anything about that movie, so I'm excited.
0: Anyway, who is he kidding? He's going to kill them anyway. Felicity kicks him in the crotch, which he calls the mommy-daddy button. (laughs) Horrifying. Not great.
1: Not great. And I do like when Austin's like, you can't kick him in in the pills. (laughs) I like that he calls them the pills. I've never heard that uh, phrasing for balls before. Uh, Made me laugh. That's for calling me crap, fatty. Great line. (laughs) Yes. And she hits this button that you're not supposed to hit, and yet it's a party. Why is that not a button you want to hit all the time?
0: Also, two dozen people don't notice fat bastards, like, prone, (laughs) presumably still alive body. Where'd he go?
1: Also, all these people that were dancing are all in the same costumes and are the same people from the 60s party in 1969. So did they all time travel?
0: Again, Basil said, see, this is what happens. This is this is the stuff. It made my head hurt yesterday. I was like, whatever, whatever. (laughs) Let's all have fun.
1: As I said, me goes flying back and we get a revival, a second version of this penis montage. Penis.
0: Jennifer Coolidge says One-Eyed Monster, yes. <laughs> which is just so good. And then
1: it's then... great. Are you, okay? Are you okay? Oh, I'm losing. I'm losing, Kev. I'm yeah, losing him. The... Watching you fully melt right now is hilarious. Lost him. Ladies and gentlemen, he's gone. The Cyclops... I don't remember what he says
0: uh i think the cyclops is the one who says it's just a little prick and then we're back with dr oh. evil and me in 1969 frozen in the orbit of space how'd you like that recovery
1: <laughs> god that was that was some olympics level sticking the landing
0: and and that's it we have that's a couple of scenes post-credits
1: Yes. Fun fact, I've never watched these until this year. Yeah, me neither. I never, I never stuck into them, I guess. We get the very obvious reveal that Frau is Scott's mom. The a retcon. Kind of retcon of the first movie, yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, once again, had never seen this other scene. Uh, one month later, Austin walks in on Felicity with other Austin, and they just kind of have a fun little, like, "What a, can we all have sex with each other bit. And
0: that's it.
1: <laughs> we did it.
0: We've gone through the movie in wild, vivid detail.
1: Here's the thing. I, on my current memory, Spy Who Shagged Me is my favorite. I actually, I it's uh, over the first two, Spy Who Shagged Me, I think, is still my favorite. I, I don't know if that will change when I see Goldmember, because I don't have a good memory of Goldmember, but Spy Who Shagged Me is my fave of all the Austin Powers movies.
0: That's interesting. I think, for <laughs> me... I think the, the the silliness is funnier. This is sounds stupid to say it like that, but the it, it is it is on paper like funnier than the first one. Mm-hmm. But the originality and the heart comes through more. If you edit the henchman stuff back in, it's more of like a closed circuit kind of holistic thing, the first one. So that gives it the edge for me.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Um, but it's close. Again, we're not giving star ratings for the trilogy, but it's no. high. Um, oh, I yeah. think. Yeah. I love this movie. <laughs> it's just an awesome movie. <laughs> and uh, yeah, next week we give final Trilly rankings. Oh, goodness. Final
1: Trilly. We're going into Austin Powers and Goldmember. I'm excited. I'm excited to get into it. And then I am more excited that we are finally going to do a little uh, spin of our wheel and freaking figure out the next movie we're going to do
0: that's right at the end of next week's episode we will spin the wheel it's looking like at least 400 movies as of today yeah i haven't finished fleshing it out yet i intend to do that at some point over the next couple weeks or i guess i should do it in the next week because we have to spin (laughs) the wheel
1: who knows where we'll go? But before we end this episode, we have some voicemails. All right, here we go with our first voicemail.
2: What did it take? that means i'm single again <laughs> hello austin danger podcast um this is actually my first voicemail Produced. i've ever sent into to a podcast but this is fitting because i love awesome powers so much it, it, it is amazing um this specifically spy Shag me is probably my most rewatched movie ever i think I, I wore out this dvd a lot we had this a copy of this at our lake house and a copy of this at our house so I, I love this movie so much. Um, I, ju- I just want to go through some bits real quick before we get <laughs> into the Heather Graham the talk. But the Jerry Springer bit, love that. I mean, Doctor Evil and that is so good. Yes. Um, I found a hump a lot such a good Bond satire. Yes. Name. Uh, not as yes. good as a whole lot of vagina, but um, it's very good. Um, the way Frau says LPGA tour and then rips <laughs> the velcro off of her. Ooh, off of her lover's glove is just so funny to me. I don't know why that gets me every time, but it does. The zip it. The zip it bit is so good. Me and my dad do that to this day. And people... Like, there are some people now that don't get it. But we do it to this day. We love that bit so I love much. I um, Let's talk about Heather Graham. Um, the minute American Woman kicks in at that dance party, I'm convinced that's when puberty started for me. Um, that changed a lot. That... I mean, Heather Graham and Kirsten Dunst and Spider-Man are very, Mm -hmm. very, very, very influential figures for me when I I was growing up. And I mean, when she says shag, shag well by name, shag very well by reputation, like, oh my God. (laughs) And then just everything she wears in this movie, like, I'm sorry, but Heather Graham is this icon that no (laughs) one talks about and people need to talk about it more. Um, but yeah, I mean, sorry, I had to get real explicit with, (laughs) uh, with that, but I love what y'all are doing. Keep doing it. I have my own list I'm keeping that's connected with awesome powers, but I'm saving it. It's very, very distant connection. So it'll be like season 10, (laughs) but if y'all ever need (laughs) any help connecting movies, let me know. Love y'all.
1: Oh, I should say I'm new to the voicemail game. That's from Ty.
0: Yeah. Um, Thank you,
1: Ty. Ty
0: is our buddy who is the co-host of two great podcasts that we've both been on. Have you? you yeah. Ever, you've just been on We Should Watch a Movie, right? Were you ever on Rankings?
1: I was on We Should Watch a Movie. I've been on Rankings, but they're both great podcasts.
0: Yes. They are awesome. You should go check them out. Uh, yes, we put them in our
1: show notes.
0: That's right. Mackenzie was on the Jurassic Park episode of We Should Watch a Movie. I was on I their was. Creed episode and uh, a couple episodes of Rankings as well. So go check them out.
1: Oh, they're great! They're great, and I love the love for uh, for Heather Graham. I, I was like, you gotta send them. You gotta send a VM, and she's so good. Uh, and this next one's from Jonathan.
0: Yes, dear friend of the show, John, my former roommate from a few years back. Love this guy. <laughs> Here we go.
1: I love that. Let's see. Let's see what John has to say.
0: Hey guys, love the show. Love Austin Powers.
2: I had a question for you. Which of the three leading women? do you like the most both in terms of performance and also personality uh i feel like they all do so much for these movies and are so well cast and really set like great tones individually um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and who else could you see being a uh, leading woman in an austin powers movie Ooh, love the show uh you both are very shagadelic
1: <laughs> john <laughs> the man after our own heart thank you john great question oh what yeah what? do you have an answer do you want me to answer um i
0: think we could talk more about the austin girl comparison next week when we've seen gold member again yes i think it's hard to say without having seen beyonce again
1: yeah i mean i feel like I have a, a love and affinity for Felicity Shagwell because I find her attractive. Uh, I mean, I find them all attractive. They're all objectively beautiful sure. women. Um, but I love Heather Graham. Um, but based on my vague memory, I remember personality-wise loving Foxy Cleopatra, who we're going to see next week. And so I'm actually really pumped to see her again because I think in terms of personality and uh, foil to Austin, I remember liking Foxy the most. So I'm excited to see if that's true. I think I'm going to withhold
0: the rank until next week, but I think Felicity might be number one.
1: Ooh. God, what kind of actress now? Like, who's like a comedy? I mean, I have to think of someone who has the sex appeal, but also the comedy appeal that could—that's nowadays could be an Austin girl.
0: It's also tough because they would have to play a foil to Mike Myers. Yeah. So all of the women that you think of these days are like 19 years old. <laughs>
1: that's true oh my right. god my like, brain just said amy adams and my, oh that's my the role that gets god. her the academy award is her playing uh <laughs> and the austin girl i think my
0: mic She's, just peaked groaning at amy adams oh she she
1: plays her character from american hustle it's great
0: glenn close um, oh american hustle oh <laughs> god quit it <the>, stop no <laughs> Cancel the podcast.
1: No, I'm trying to think of who's like a funny, sexy woman nowadays. Do we have those? I don't know.
0: I think, again, the age is an issue, right? Because Florence Pugh yes. is funny and sexy
1: in a she way. She'd be a lot younger than I mean, she'd Mike She'd be Myers. a lot younger
0: than Mike Myers. I guess I would say Florence Pugh. But again, that age difference is like, I guess, Glenn Close?
1: <laughs> I just Googled funny, sexy actress. And Jennifer Aniston was the top one. Oh, Olivia Munn has the nerd appeal, probably. Yeah, that I, think I feel that would like be a
0: good. That would be a good pairing with. again. Yeah. One of the, one of the issues with an Austin Powers four is that Mike Myers is fifty eight years old.
1: <laughs> oh, so,
0: it's hard to say, right? Because, because he's not thirty five. Oh, anymore.
1: Christina Applegate. Yes. Excellent. She'd be so funny. I also saw Kristen Wiig on a list and she's not typical, but she'd be a good like a a Humpalot role. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think
0: the SNL, the SNL women that you may put in this position would be better for yes. that.
1: Um, like a Kate because, McKinnon or, sure. a, or a, a Kristen Wiig would be a, you would definitely be the a, a lot of vagina a Humpalot role for sure with that. I think that's the end of our time here. <laughs> that's
0: right. I think it's time as we're like starting to get delirious. It's time to put an end to this episode <laughs> of Austin danger podcast. Uh, please uh, write to us, send us your voicemails and emails and anything you want at Austin at gmail.com. Anything they want. That's opening up a,
1: anything, opening up a bag.
0: anything you want within reason. <laughs> and yeah, next week we'll be doing Austin powers and gold member. And at the end of next week's show, we're spinning the wheel, so stay tuned for
1: that. Let's do it. I'm pumped. Have a shagadelic week, baby. We'll see you next Monday, baby. Yeah! <laughs> if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Austin Danger Pod. This episode was mixed and edited by me, McKenzie. Thanks for listening.